We are uh, week number four on uh, lesson eight on two verses. So, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, Miles. Yeah. <laughs> I do this. I do this for Courtney's uh, <laughs> ego. So he can, I, think, I, I think you get the mantle now. So. He could be, yeah. Courtney, the fast teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but we're in verses uh, 11 and 12 of Titus chapter 2. And uh, so let's read, let's read that again. Um, and let's start with the, uh, We'll start in verse 11, but just to be reminded of the of the uh, context here, um, that uh, that Paul has been uh, giving Titus this this kind of list of of things to teach to uh, the, the different uh, um, different categories of, of believers, um, uh, older men and older women, younger men, younger women, and and um, and verse starting in verse eleven gives us the the basis upon which he can uh, can make these um, or give these these instructions. And so it says, "For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires, and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age." looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. So we, we uh, left off uh, with question eight. We had kind of answered that. and said we would uh, just re recap that a little bit. Um, the question is, what are worldly desires? And um, and we and and that's contained in that phrase in verse twelve: deny ungodliness and worldly desires. And um, and and we said that um, it's it's essentially the um, the the desires of the fallen. Uh, sinful nature, the self, the self life, um, and, and everything that, um, everything that, that self craves after is wrapped up in, uh, in the, the world system or the cosmos. Um, and, uh, and so that's, um, that's what our, our desires are for, uh, in and of our, ourselves um apart from apart from the 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 new nature that we have in christ jesus so and uh and 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 like we said when we we talked about denying ungodliness the same thing goes here denying ungodliness and denying worldly desires um you know we can't just deny these things we can't just say okay well you know um that's wrong you know i'm not going to do that um well we i mean we can do that um, but we'll find ourselves in the in the Romans seven situation, um, where we find that that no good thing uh, dwells in me that is in my flesh, and um, and so the only basis to deny ungodliness and worldly desires is the basis um, of the fact 
that, that that's what God himself has done. Um, God has, has taken us as, as ungodly and he has declared us righteous. He has placed us in, uh, the person of his son, Jesus Christ. And, um, and not only do we have a new, uh, a new set of desires that are Christ, but we have the new nature, which is Christ. Um, so that, so that we are, uh, now, uh, godly we are now um crucified to the world does that uh sum up that question any other thoughts on that one or that's kind of where we left off last week we did have some discussion on it so a good summary all right i think we have i think there's an understanding here that uh just because we know what god has done by separating us from the world doesn't mean the world's going to go away. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it, uh, it just never stops, uh, talking. Yeah. <laughs> or desiring or, or trying to influence. And we're very, we're very familiar with the desires of the world. And, and, you know, sometimes, uh, well, maybe put it another way. A growing believer, one of the, one of the big, uh, um, things that a, a believer has to learn is the difference between what God desires and what the world wants. <clears throat> and the world can uh, put holy water on their desires, but they're still worldly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, it's one of the reasons why it takes so, so much time. To learn what God's will is for me rather than, uh, because worldly desires initially make so much sense. Yeah. You know. Miles, I, you know, in the, uh, I was looking at the Ryrie for the worldly desires. His definition is passions, overpowering attractions for the secular world. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, so it really, to me, it's just focusing on the world rather than focusing on Christ. So anything that's being attractive to the world in, you know, whatever, your job, politics, whatever, that, that keeps your focus off Christ is, is, uh, you know, I guess if you have that, I like the overpowering attraction. So I like that definition. If it's, if it's taking away on a constant basis, I mean, we all get involved in, you know, whatever our, our jobs are, whatever. But if it's an overpowering attraction to what the world offers, I think is, is what we're to deny. Yeah. And, and, and why is it overpowering? That's the, I think that's the frustrating thing to, to, uh, you know, a growing believer is when they recognize that it's overpowering, you know, yeah. I think you said <laughs> Romans seven. Yeah. Yeah. The flesh, the flesh is the flesh is the one that desires it, and it, and it's overpowering. You know, when you see Romans seven and Paul, you know, who struggles with it, it it obviously is is something that's very overpowering. Your your flesh wants to desire that. That's what it it, it thrives and lives for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Zodiatus says that word for desire or lust, whatever says the act of an individual desire resulting from the diseased condition of the soul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of interesting. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. All, all of those desires make so much sense to us, you know. Um, they're so, uh, so it's, well, it's just so ingrained in our nature. It, it is, it is what we are apart from Christ. All those things, um, seem like the right things. All those seem, things seem like the things that will, um, fulfill us or, um, uh, you know, um, glorify, glorify us, uh, whatever it is, you know, it's, uh, um, it's, it's, it's just, it's just who we are as, as in Adam. And, and, and like you said, Mike, I mean, just because we know who we are now in Christ doesn't mean that, um, that the world goes away. Uh, it doesn't mean that the, that the worldly desires go away either. Um, not yet. Right. Um, that's, that's where we find ourselves as, as, as believers, um, until, until the, uh, the resurrection, until we receive that, that body, that resurrection body, um, you know, we, st- we still exist, uh, in the midst of, of, uh, of that whole, that whole program, but we are dead to it. We're separated from it. So, but we can't, uh, we can't count on that fact until we know that fact. Um, so, you know, coming to, coming to understand the, the fact of our separation from it is one thing. And, and then, um, through the, through the failure of trying to separate ourselves from it through our effort, um, we come to realize that, uh, um, that wretched, wretched man that I am, you know, who will deliver me from this. And there is deliverance. That's, that's the thing. Um, that's not a, that's not a, um, you know, I think I probably read the end of Romans seven many, many times thinking, Oh yeah, I mean, some, someday I'll be delivered, you know, um, <laughs> when I die, you know, that's, that's all you can really hope for. Um, and, and yeah, that's not what he's saying. You know, the deliverance is, uh, is, is right now, um, reality for, for a believer, um, accepted by faith. The same, same way we came to Christ in the first place, you know, we, uh, by faith trust that we are, uh, we are dead to all of that. And that's what it means to deny. So that deny word is a faith, faith word. Someone asked me a question in the back row or stretching. <laughs> No. <laughs> Good question. I was not stretching. I'm not asking a question, but the, the parallel verse of First Timothy six nine, I think, really is pretty contextually helpful. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare, and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. And the 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 thing about the worldly desires in this verse is it's preceded by instructing us to deny them because of the results that First Timothy talks about. Um, it, it plunges men into ruin and destruction. So like you were already talking about, there is the denial, right? Like how does that work? Um, talked about that some, but uh, the, if, if you want to know how it ends up, like how things work out, um, those worldly desires will plunge men into ruin and destruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Would, would you say that denial is a reckon word? Yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's a better way of saying it. Yeah. I think you're right. It's the, uh, Romans six eleven. Disown. Disown. Say it again. 
Disown. Dis, disown it. I thought you were saying just just own it. Just own it. <laughs> 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 yeah, my Texas accent might be You never know. You gotta be careful. <laughs> yeah, are you disowning or disowning? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, disown it. That's right. That's really good. So let's look at question number nine then. <clears throat> what does it mean to live sensibly, righteously, and godly? So the, the verb there is, is to live. And, uh, and then it's modified by, uh, by those three, those three words, sensibly, righteously, and godly, um, in this present age. Which, which of course says what we were just saying that this, this deliverance from the worldly desires is not a, a future hope. That's a right now reality in this, in this present age. And we'll talk about the present age in question 10, but, um, we just kind of want to grab that context here. Um, this is, this is talking about right now for the believer. Miles, I, I, when I, when I see that, I, I guess I go to immediately to what the fruit of the spirit is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Yeah. It seems like the fruit of the spirit is to live righteously. What are, sorry, back to the question here. The, uh, yeah, sensibly, righteously, and godly. Yeah. Walking by the spirit. That would be evident. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very, very good parallel there to point out. Me is not sensible to the world. That makes no sense. <laughs> Way too many senses there. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Am I, am I wrong? To, to live sensibly as a believer mm. means yeah. you're persecuted in this world. And that seems foolish to all those who... Right. Yeah, I think the words, the, 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 the English word there, sensibly, um, it, it is maybe a little bit of a relative word. I mean, the way we live as believers is complete nonsense to, to the unbeliever, you know, um, and, and, and vice versa, I guess, right? Um, the word sensibly, um, sophronos, uh, with sound mind, temperately, discreetly, um so self self control could be a a translation there and so it's it's kind of the idea of having your your senses about you you know we use that that phrase a little bit so it's not that it's something that that uh is 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 logical or sensible to to a worldly way of thinking um this is something about having your um, having a sound mind, and uh, and that, that that has to be a mind that is that is uh, a new new mind <laughs> it has to be a mind that this is you know yeah. this is a sound mind from God's perspective, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. the 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 fascinating thing about the context of this verse is that it grace is the thing that teaches us this yeah not law yeah it's, it's not the uh, um 
um, spiritual push-ups, discipline. It's grace that teaches us this. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And that's the whole, that's the whole point here. I mean, if we look at verses 11 and 12, you know, um, he's, he's summarizing the, the first, uh, the whole first part of this chapter and kind of saying, you know, okay, I've given you all these things to do. And, and like I said back, uh, at the beginning of chapter two, um, it's, it's, uh, it's very easy to take a, a portion of scripture like this. And it's often done that verses like, uh, one through, one through 10 are, are taken as law. They're taken, you know, as, as in a legal sense by, uh, by Christians trying to, trying to put themselves back under law. But that's, um, the, the whole problem with that is it's entirely contrary to grace. It's entirely contrary to what God is, is doing in us as believers. It's, it's, is only on the basis of the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation, um, that, uh, that we are instructed to deny ungodliness and, and to live this way. So, um, so, so the grace of God is the, is the only, um, way that this is, uh, to be, uh, brought about in the life of a believer. Um, not the, not the effort of the, not the not it's not self effort. This is not a this is not a self improvement program. So yeah, I mean the word um, righteously uh, there. You know, I, I just when when we see that word, you know, and, and this instruction to live righteously. I mean, I think we really have to recall to mind the the early chapters of of Romans. You know, there is. There is none righteous, not one. It's that righteousness is not something that can be sourced in us. It's not something that can be found in us apart from Christ. So if you're getting this instruction to live righteously, and the same goes for sensibly and, and godly, um, because we were ungodly um, beforehand. But um, if that's gonna if that if that's gonna be um, in 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 the true sense of of of, of those words, then it then it has to be through grace, um, the fact that we have Christ as our life by grace. It has to be on that basis that, that this instruction could could really be given. Christ is our Christ is our life. Right? So if we are to uh, to live, um, it's not it's not uh, I who am to live, but it is it is Christ who is to live in me. So um so again, you know, it's that it's the idea of of dependence. It's the idea of reckoning or counting on uh, on who he is and what he has what he has done. All right, should we look at uh, question ten? Uh, Courtney's trying to. I'm, I'm trying to time things out here so Courtney can <laughs> be at ease. <laughs> he said, "If I get to." To nine, what, what was it, Courtney? Nine forty. Nine forty. I'll let you go. And, um, and I'll, I'll disappear. I just got a text from Courtney, They're getting ready, so I'm gonna fly. Yeah, Courtney's gonna disappear here, and uh, he's up next. And we only got one question left, so, um, but that's okay. I've got like a page of notes on question ten, so we can uh, <laughs> we can talk about that for a while if you want. So, so I'm not gonna bail on you because uh, I'm objecting to your teaching, but I may have to get out. <laughs> yeah. Courtney's, yeah. 
If Courtney's just done, then he goes. All right. Well, unless there's any other thoughts on that, um, living sensibly, righteously, and godly. I, we should talk about the word godly. I didn't quite mention that, but um, godly is the um, the uh, well in in verse uh, eleven. We see, we see, or sorry, early, early in verse twelve, deny ungodliness, and this is the opposite. So this here, godly, is the root of that word ungodly or ungodliness. We say there's ah sebo, um, that ah being a negation, and uh, it was um, an irreverent or unworshipful uh, mentality or way of a way of thinking. Um, and and this here, uh, by by contrast, um, is uh, could could be uh, actually translated as as reverently. Um, in other words, um, I, I would say in that um, uh, looking at looking look or considering the Lord as we ought to consider Him, um, and uh, I think sometimes you, you could probably read this phrase, you know, live godly, and and we think that that may, maybe means to live godlike. Um, but but it seems to have more the idea of um, uh, our uh, um, thinking rightly about God and who He is, um, a reverent or worshipful attitude towards God. Um, could, you and, say, uh, could you say that it is living in who you are in Christ? I mean, that union produces godly manner. You can't reproduce that without having been recreated. Yeah. Placed in a new source. Without that, godly manner is something you mimic. Yeah. I, I would say maybe Second uh, Corinthians 3.18 is the optimum verse here. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, I'm transformed yeah. into his very image, even by the Spirit of God. It's Christ living his life through me. It's not me finding out how it goes and then imitating it. Um, and and the, the, the interesting thing about the motivation of the, of the um, old life, the worldly life, is the world itself. The, the life in Christ is lived solely by the Holy Spirit through you. And there's an intimacy, a growing intimacy with you and the Lord Jesus perpetrated by the Holy Spirit that does, has an effect on us by conforming us. And we begin to see and understand, one, what grace is, and two, how it works. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'm trying to recall here exactly how Miles said it in one of the recordings, but it was to the effect that if there's any effort in reckoning then it's not reckoning <laughs> yeah yeah and, um it's a it's a it's a resting so yeah and it is and it is his work it's his it's his work in and through us not uh not us so but uh i you know i find i find these these passages and these kind of commands or you know it's an, it's an imperative right you know um to uh, to, to, to live a certain way. I find them kind of interesting because, you know, if, if we, 
if we take this and we don't have an understanding of, of Romans, you know, one through eight, um, especially six and seven, and we try to, it's, it's so easy to take this out of context and, and, and make it work. And that's what so many believers do. Um, and, and Paul doesn't, uh, um, repeat Romans six and seven every time he comes up to an imperative, uh, kind of instruction like this. Um, but I, I think that uh, what what that allows so many believers to do is to experience the Romans 7 struggle, which is so critical. Because we, we get to this, and, and because we don't understand grace, it's so easy to be like, okay, well, all i got to do is live righteously, you know. And uh, and so we set out to do it, and we fail. And that's what brings us back to that um, that place that we need to get to um, of, of failure, failure is an important um, important piece of the process for for believers and for a really important step on the way I think um, does that does that make sense I, I, I thought about that I had a grade three teacher who's who always told us I don't chew my cabbage twice do you guys use that expression <laughs> no <laughs> no no <laughs> oh great well I, she was a French she was a French Canadian mrs Kowal, and uh, she said, I don't chew my cabbage twice. It means I said it once. I, I don't need to say it again. I'm not going to say it again. You, you need to have gotten it the first time. <laughs> uh, but um, in grade three, wow, what a strict teacher. Um, but, uh, yeah. but I think, I think that's some, somewhat the case with, with Romans and some of those. It's not that it's not repeated anywhere else, but some of those really, really core fundamental truths. Um, he doesn't repeat that here. He doesn't say, oh, and by the way, you know, you've got to um, reckon on your identification with Christ here in order for this to happen. No, he just he assumes that, you know, as, as, a, as a believer, you've got those baby, those found foundational truths. You know, you, you've, you've studied that. And so when we get to this year, we're not, oh, well, it's back to works. You know, <laughs> got to get back to work. I got some imperatives. So I was kind of thinking about Mrs. Kowal here. But um, well, let's. Let's uh, let's look at question number ten then. Let's get that done in our last ten minutes here. So um, try and define this age. So because this is something that happens in the in the present age, not not in the future future age. So what what do we mean by what does Paul mean by this age? The word there, the the Greek word is. Uh, uh, um, Ion, which we kind of get our word eon from. Uh, so ion is an age. It's a time word. And uh, and it's important to know what it uh, kind of what it refers to. There's a lot of other uses in scripture uh, of of that word, um, there's a lot of uh, uses in in the Gospels. Um, Jesus Jesus uh, used it quite a bit. Um, this uh, this this present age is uh, is considered uh, evil. Um, he doesn't uh, he doesn't use that that expression here, um, but in Galatians one four. He uh, he says, uh, who gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age 
according to the will of our God and Father. Um, what's, what I found interesting was in, in Matthew particularly, I pulled out a few references from Matthew, um, that this present age will come to an end. Uh, and that's, that's important to know. So, um, Matthew 13, uh, all in a cluster, there's, there's verses, uh, this is in that, um, the, 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 the parable of the, of the, the seed sown, um, and the different soils, uh, Matthew 13. So Matthew 13, 39, 40, and then 49. Um, it, uh, it's kind of repetitive. Um, and, and again, the word age in each of these verses is, uh, is our word. I own. And, uh, and so Jesus said, the enemy who sowed them is the devil and the harvest is the end of the age. The reapers are the angels. So he's referring to the end of the age or the end of the I own. Um, and again, again, in verse 40, so shall it be at the end of the age. Um, and in verse 49, so it will be at the end of the age. Um, so that's a common, that's a common way to speak about um, the the age, the ion, the this present age, this present evil age has an has an end, but not only does it does it have an end, um, there's there's uh, common reference to um, the fact that this present evil age, like Courtney, will be superseded by a uh, age to come. The present evil age will be superseded by an ion to come. So, uh, Luke, Luke 20 verses 34 to 35. Um, Jesus, uh, uses this age and, and that age. Uh, Jesus said to them, the sons of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy to attain to that age and the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. So, kind of not really paying any attention to the, the much attention to the context there, getting off off track on that. But um, but just the fact that there is this age in which we uh, exist right now, and that age, although it is important to under, uh, recognize there that he, he refers to that age as having to do with um, the resurrection from from the dead. And then in Matthew, uh, back to Matthew, uh, chapter 12, verse, um, verse 32. Um, and this is, this is important, um, because this is, uh, this is the rejection of, of, uh, of the Son of Man. This is the rejection of the Messiah by, um, by the, by the Jewish leadership. Um, this is often, uh, refer, referred to as the, the unpardonable sin. And, and gets people really, um, really worried and, and worked up. Um, we're not going to really deal with that. I think most of us in the class have a, have a handle on, on that and what's going on. But, um, this is where Jesus condemns those, those people that have uh, rejected him at his coming. Um, and he says, whoever speaks a word against the son of man, it shall be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him either in this age or in the age to come. So again, he uses that, um, the present I own and the I own to come. And, and in this case, the, uh, the, uh, 
the, the 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 Jewish leaders who were rejecting Jesus as the Messiah, um, he's he's informing them that um, you'll you'll not be forgiven uh, in this age or or in the future age. So so hopefully that gives us just a little bit of a a biblical kind of contextual handle on on the use of the word age and uh, and, and what that refers to. Um, an age is is sort of a uh, can, can be it can it can even be used for the um, the idea of eternity. Um, it could be translated in an unbroken age, an unbroken um, uh, span of time. Um, it's not so much referring to a a limited or um, or uh, period of time, um, but um, uh, of course, this present age does, like we said, does come to an end. So it is limited, um, but it's not. Um, it's kind of like it's not on the on a clock. It's it's uh, it's referring to um, a whole large span span of time. But uh, I, I'll throw that open to a few for comment for a minute or two, if anyone has any thoughts. So this isn't the kingdom? This is not the kingdom that we're talking about now. Okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, though, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's worth bringing up, right? Um, so many, so many people look at, so many believers um, look at what's going on right now, you know, the church age as, as the kingdom. And that's, um, you know, that, that leads into all kinds of, of error. Um because this is to come to an end. <laughs> uh, the the kingdom, um, the the future kingdom, is a endless kingdom. Um, and uh, and and just look at just look at uh, the way the Lord talked about that through the Old Testament. You know, He will sit on the throne of His uh, Father uh, David, um, and it'll be an everlasting kingdom, um, beginning with a thousand years, but uh, but uh, rolling on into into eternity. Um, so no, this isn't, this isn't the kingdom. Um, that the, the kingdom is, is, uh, related to the age to come, right? The age we're in right now is an evil age, not a, not a, uh, not a glorious kingdom age. So, uh, so Miles, do you think that, um, with, uh, information like this given to us in the word, um, as believers, we don't live in the in the old age, really. I mean, physically we're here, but that's not the environment that the Lord has placed us. We live in an environment totally orchestrated by grace alone. And uh, now, granted, we're we still have this old body, and we still live in the same. Uh, environs as the old age that goes on around us all the time. Mm-hmm. I think what he's telling us is that grace is, is not a substance in a jar somewhere. Grace is an, is a, is an age. Yeah. It's a place where, uh, where all of the influences and all of the, um, um, responses are based on grace, not the, the present evil world. Yeah. Um, 
it, it kind of, and probably other places, but I just noticed it um, in studying Colossians recently. Uh, he talks about, he, in his greeting in Colossians 1, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ in Colossae. Uh, that's, that's the way it reads in the Greek, straightforward, kind of in, in Christ, in Colossae. And so we have these two uh, positions, you could you could say. Obviously, we know about our position um, as uh, uh, in Christ, um, but we but we do have a earthly um, uh, uh, location is maybe what we could we could how we should say that we we live um, in, in one sense in this present evil age, um, but we also are uh, um, out, outside of it. We we live we live in it from outside of it. If that. Um, if we can get our heads around that, and we really can't get our heads around that, can we? But, um, but it's a, uh, it's it, it is it is a reality as believers. So it's the uh, it's it's the the idea of keep keep looking down, keep looking down, um, and uh, we are we are seated uh, in Christ in the heavenlies, um, and where we where we find ourselves in the day to day. Um, in this present evil age, we look we look down on that from where we are. So, all right. Well, any other thoughts? We should close in prayer. But all right, Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, our uh, our position in Christ. We thank you that it is a uh, unchangeable um, and eternal reality, um, and that this present evil age is an age that is passing away. Um, our, our, our present fleshly bodies are, are bodies that are passing away. Um, and we will very soon find ourselves, um, out of this, this age and out of these bodies and, um, in eternity, uh, with, uh, with you in, in that, uh, um, perfect state and that age to come. But Lord, we don't want to, uh, disregard or dismiss where we find ourselves right now for we understand that it's, it is in this time that you intend to display um, your, your life, your, your righteousness, um, your character um, in and through us to a a lost and dying world uh, to glorify yourselves, yourself and, and uh, to, uh, to silence every, every tongue um, so that uh, all, um, would would recognize um, that they are they are without excuse that that uh, um, your grace has uh, been revealed it has appeared um, in the person of Christ Jesus and it is displayed in the the body of Jesus Christ and we thank you for that in His name Amen.